Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast, the second best hockey podcast in Nebraska. <laughs> and now I want to know what Insider the first... joke for those who haven't seen this new series on Disney Plus, I guess. Yeah, people need to be watching. Uh, you know, now, I like I was about to say there, now I want to know what the first best hockey podcast is in Nebraska. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for those of you who... Uh, who were fans of the original Mighty Ducks movies back in the day. I think you might enjoy the new uh, series Mighty Ducks Game Changers on Disney+. Plus. We watched the first episode, Bridget and I did. I know that you, Jolene, and the girls watched the first episode. It was a lot of fun. Um, just, you know, just like the Mighty Ducks movies, just kind of silly, ridiculous fun. But I, I thought the episode was great, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more just... Kind of one of those fun sports movies, obviously geared towards youth, but I think uh, adults will enjoy it as well. So, um, so yeah, we're not we're not sponsored at all by Disney, although if we were, that would be I was just gonna be say, awesome. Our yeah. better be in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so you might want to check that out if you're a Disney Plus subscriber. <laughs> so let's talk about. Uh... <laughs> I don't want to. Um... <laughs> Talk about the first round game for Omaha, making the tournament, playing Minnesota. Well, it was exciting to be back in the tournament for the first time in six years. And uh, obviously really interesting circumstances this season. We only played a 24-game season. Um, you know, I, 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 one of the things, you know, two years ago when we started this podcast, it was a, it was a particularly rough season. And Obviously, the questions come up about when's the team going to turn it around? When are they going to make the NCAA tournament again? And I, I got some interesting DMs from people who were, were kind of in the know. They weren't like really connected to the program, but they talked with such bravado and they told me we were going to become this kind of slow it down team that liked to play one nothing games and trap in the neutral zone. And they told me it was going to take till like 2024 before before we would make the NCAA tournament again. So just to, to start off here, I am I am so happy we finished top four in the conference and we got to the tournament. So that that conversation about when are they going to make the NCAA tournament again is over. They made the NCAA tournament again and they, you know, ended up out in the West Regional in Loveland, Colorado. And as we talked about on last week's podcast, we really, I, I think we liked, we both liked this matchup going in against Minnesota. Obviously, Minnesota was the number one seed in this regional. We were the number four. Uh, the other two seeds, you had Mankato as a number two seed and uh, Quinnipiac as a number three seed. But I think we felt, I think we felt pretty good about this game against Minnesota going in, right? Yeah. And I think that, you know, all the number ones are now, like, none of them made the Frozen Four. Right. Spoiler alert. So... You know, it's not like it's not like the team was unbeatable, right? And right. I think that Minnesota State proves that after us yep. is that you know Minnesota was primed to be to be beaten. I think what it comes down to is just execution yep. for UNO was not there, and that's the part for me that that's just it's tough to swallow because I really felt like the team deserved more. You know, they had a they had a good season. I think that they overperformed expectations. We've talked about that, you know, that they kind of went in looking at, you know, a, a bottom, bottom three, certainly bottom four team. Like most people didn't expect them to be top four. I don't know anyone that probably expected them to be top four. Right. Um, so that was, you know, that was a huge accomplishment. But then 
I just wish that the game was was closer and it's just, you know, it's just the way it is. You've got Minnesota that's a high-powered team. You have to you have to realize that this has to be your best game and I don't know if it was nerves or um ego or or what, but the team just didn't to me didn't seem like they came with their A game. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I like you said, I don't know if it's a you know, it's one of those things. Like yesterday I was going with the theory that they just weren't ready uh for the game. I don't necessarily know that that's true. I it's really tough when you are in a conference like the NCHC because obviously everybody talks a lot about how tough the conference is. And certainly this year with the way that it was structured, UNO played North Dakota six times, which North Dakota going into this tournament really, you know, was the top team in the the country as far as I was concerned. And so you play the final four games of the season against North Dakota. And obviously, we only won one of four of those games at North Dakota, the final game on March 5th of the season. And and um, now when I say win, it was a win in overtime. So I guess that would be 55% of a win based on how <laughs> the NCAA is weighting things this season. So, you know... Obviously, we went one and three in those final four games, but because it was against North Dakota, in some respects, I think that could kind of get a team and get the fan base, quite honestly, into this false sense of security because it's like, well, it's North Dakota. You know, three of those games are on the road at North Dakota. So, I mean, what do you expect? But we weren't going really into the NCAA tournament kind of in a in a, you know, on a, on a swing where we had a lot of momentum, you know, or excuse me, the NCHC tournament. And it's just one of those situations where, you know, we, we played the, the first round of the NCHC playoffs where the higher seed, where the number four seed playing Denver, who's the number five seed. And we end up losing to a team that's, you know, that's got kind of a hand or two tied behind their back because of COVID and they don't have their whole roster. And we end up losing a close game, uh, you know, five to four to uh to denver and so going into the ncaa tournament though i was thinking you know there's always some question as to how good the big 10 is from year to year and i i actually and, and maybe i was lulled into a false sense of complacency i thought that they were going to do really really well out of the gate against minnesota and you know it's just one of those things you know having been alive you know 48 and a half years now i mean you know some days you know you're the the bug and other days you're the windshield. And I, I think in this instance, we were, we were kind of the bug. We got down three to nothing, uh, in the first period. And it, it was just really, really hard to recover from that. Yeah, we had our opportunities. It wasn't, you know, we weren't completely out of it. Right. I think back to, you know, when UNO played Boston in their first, yep. um, their first appearance in the tournament, you know, I, I remember watching that game going how nice it was to let Omaha in, but <laughs> you didn't stand a chance. Like it was like, I mean, Boston let up in that game and still walloped us. Um, and obviously, you know, that's, that's long before I came here and, and started following, well, starting following <laughs> Omaha and stuff. So, and so I'm you were... used to seeing Boston play Denver and North Dakota. And, <laughs> and so it was just, it was an entirely different product. Right. And, and that's okay. Like you got in, you made it 
you know, that's the the building block for your program at that point in time to say, like, you know, we're capable of playing at this level. And, you know, hopefully, you know, the guys can realize that they're capable of playing at this level and, and look back at what they did against North Dakota. You know, you talked about it in one of the other podcasts uh, about the lack of interconference play this season and how that kind of affects uh their decisions on who to let in. But I wonder if it didn't affect the teams as well, because I don't look at any team in the big 10 and say that they play a similar style or have, you know, a similar lineup to what Omaha has. So to look at film on Minnesota this year and say, okay, how are we going to, you know, what, what did this team have success because they play a similar or have a similar skill set? Um, you know, what did they do to be successful against Minnesota? Like, you kind of have to just look at it and say, okay, well, we think this is going to happen. And we, you know, this is what we wanted. This is our game. This is what we want to play. Um, and I just, I just think that's hard because in, in prior seasons, you could look at, you know, how they played another NCHC team or how they played another, um, you know, maybe a hockey East team that plays a similar style or something like that. And at least get some glimpses into what you need to be aware of and successful at and we just you know we just weren't and we didn't move the puck well we weren't quick with our decisions it's one thing that when we beat North Dakota the one thing that I've noticed with this team is they make decisions quicker they don't hold on to the puck too long Um, they don't try to do things that that are low percentage plays and that's what we kind of got into when we got three down it was a lot of low percentage plays into the zone. It was a right. lot of almost playing into their hands. And, yeah. and then you just, you just can't come back from that. Like we get one and you start thinking, okay, well maybe, you know, right at the end of the first, like, all right, well you're down by three, you're going into the second or down by two going into the second. Maybe, you know, maybe there's something there. Maybe, you know, maybe this is our spark, right? right. Um, and then they just they Minnesota shuts the door on it real quick in the second. Yeah. And then they just roll after that. Like they put in three more and it's just it's just a ball rolling down the hill at that point in time. You just weren't going to stop it. And I knew after that fourth goal, I was like, you know, a minute into the second period and I'm like, Yep, we're done. I just don't I just don't see us, you know, changing our game enough to to find success, you know, outside of some crazy breakdown. Right. Um, so it's just a shame because I don't think the final score really represents um, the quality of team that, that UNO's you know, put on the ice. And the question for me is, you know, the guys that are coming back, um, we go back and listen to one of our old podcasts where we talk about whether or not the seniors will be back because they're given that extra year of eligibility from the NCAA. But um, it, it's a question of, is this the, a fluke year or is this the start of you know that consistent performance where we're a top team in the nchc and competing for a slot in the tournament or can we ever become one of those top seeds can we ever be a number one seed in the tournament um and 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 be able to play a aic instead of a minnesota 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's there's always the potential for that. I think, though, that there there are some interesting questions coming out of the season. One of the things that I brought up ad nauseum, which I know nobody wants to hear again, but I'm going to bring it up anyway because it's <laughs> – I, I, I stay on message here – is the fact that, you know, of the 24 games that we played this season, we got to play 17 of them at Baxter Arena. And, yes, I know the games in December were technically neutral site games and – uh, as as it regards, you know, the NCAA uh, NCAA season records and whatnot, but um, you know, UNO under Mike Gabinette, uh, since he took the reins, has been a strong team at Baxter Arena. In particular, their first season, I think it was kind of the the, the record we had at home. It was kind of upside down on the road. So we've been a really really strong team at Baxter Arena. I mean, you look at the first half of the of the season versus the the second half the, the January 1st part you know uh, the second half of the season in those games that we played those NCHC games that we played uh you know down the stretch you know we went 4 and 3 at Baxter Arena and we went 4 and 3 on the road and so we were you know pretty consistent in that regard we finished the regular season 8 and 6 but if you look at if you look at the last um 6 games this season we were outscored uh, 28 to 13 by our opponents. And to me, that I think is probably the the biggest concern, Jason. I mean, I, I think, you know, we still gave up an average of about three goals per game this season. That's it, it's something that I'd like to see is more consistency, especially going into March, going into that postseason, regardless of where you are in the standings. I, I'd like to see the team play kind of a, a tougher, more disciplined brand of hockey down the set stretch. And certainly, like you said, we were good this season, but the question is, were we good enough this season or was it an advantage? Like we talked about during all those podcasts that we during the, that we did during the pod, wasn't an advantage to them playing, you know, a game every couple of game, you know, every couple of days. Did it help keep the team on their toes? Uh, did it help, uh, keep our opponents off balance. Is that where UNO really shine? And, uh, and did they, I mean, do they need to advocate that we play an entire 36 game season next season over the course <laughs> of, uh, over the course of two months, you know, I, it's one of those, it's, it's kind of an enigma. It's hard to tell this season. Obviously we didn't get, you know, much of a look at, at St. Cloud and uh, Minnesota Duluth this season. And both of those teams are in the frozen four right now. So, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's an interesting kind of thing. Like you said, I was hoping that they would do better against Minnesota. And as you mentioned that, that first appearance against Boston back in 2006, when Jason didn't live here and he was probably one of those other college hockey fans who was like, God, why did Omaha get in this thing? As he watched that game, you know, that was an interesting Where's game. Omaha again? That was an interesting, you know what? You didn't have to sit for three periods behind, or I guess it would have been two periods behind the UNO goaltender during that uh, nine to two game. But what's interesting about that game is that it was tied one to one after the first period. I, that said, you know, you could just tell in that game as I was watching it, even though it was tied after the first period back in 06, you could just tell that UNO was on their heels and it was going to be a tough yeah. matchup. And that's the way that I felt this way with Minnesota, despite the fact that they were down three to one after the first period and there was plenty of time to come back. I just kind of felt like they had run into a buzzsaw. It just, it didn't feel like it was going to be their game for whatever reason. And I don't know why that, I don't know if it's because they were the last first round game of this, this, all these regionals and they had a chance to watch all of the other games and, 
and see teams like Wisconsin get upset by Midgey and see other teams, you know, get knocked out because of COVID. So, I, you know, it's one of those things. It's a difficult thing. As you also mentioned, because we didn't have interconference play, we were scheduled to play Michigan this season. So if we'd played Michigan, we might have had a better barometer of how we might have matched up against Minnesota right. in this type of scenario, you know. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, I think we move forward from this. The guys have a lot to, the team as a whole has a lot to build upon and say, hey, you know, we're, we're capable, you know, we're able. The question comes down to execution. And I know coaches talked about this, you know, we've attended practices in the past and stuff. And so even years ago when we were able to attend practices, you know, I could hear him on the ice talk about execution. And he's talked about it in press conferences and stuff about, you know, at this level, you know, it's about being able to do what you say you want to do, you know, in, in right. the face of adversity. And the guys overcame a, a ton of adversity with the season, with everything with COVID and stuff. Um, and the, I thought it was funny because I was talking to a recruiter at one point in time, a scout, and he had said, you know, the biggest, his biggest complaint about college hockey over recruiting like midget major guys from Canada and stuff is that they t it takes them a while like seasons one or two seasons to get used to the you know every other every third day format that AHL NHL have because they're used to just playing back to back and then having six days right and he's like I don't know why it it's it's such a challenge for them but you know what you look at Omaha and I would say almost to a T like our guys played better in that kind of format yeah so... yeah they did they did that was that was that was the crazy thing I think that that pod format really helped them to start yeah. the season I yeah they, I think when they get rolling now you know from a coaching standpoint I would say for me I would say how do I instill some of that into my program because I got to anticipate that we'll be back to the normal schedule come this yep. fall where we're playing Friday Saturday and then we're off but what can I do with my team you know if if you usually have a Sunday off like if we pray play Friday, Saturday, and you your off day is Sunday, I might consider not making my off day Sunday. Right. Keep that, you know, keep that adrenaline going. Work on things when it's fresh. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I trust Gabnet. You know, I think that he, he's been a great coach for UNO. He has a plan. He's obviously, you know, talking to the guys about doing the little things and doing things right. And so I trust that him and his staff will, We'll bring the guys through this and stuff, but um, a lot of it's going to be what team do we have have left next year, and a lot is going to be a, you know th is this is a bad taste because hopefully these guys you know realize that this sucks. You you don't want to lose in the tournament, let alone lose seven to two, and all you can do about it now is to to use lines from the movie come come back next year and wear the whole dang thing right like right you you can sit here and say you know we'll try to be better and and it was a good season and we did our best or you can sit here and say no we're better than that and we're going to show you next year right exactly yeah the question is are you content with just having made right. it to the ncaa tournament or 
do you want to go out and prove that you're one of these teams that can really compete in the NCAA tournament? And I think that that starts, obviously, it starts with playing at a consistent level week by week by week and and not, you know, digging yourself a hole in the first half of the season like you were talking about where there's six days, six, seven days between games. Um with the two game series format, which like you said, I'm I'm assuming that we'll go back to this fall. I don't see any reason why why we won't. Um the other thing that I you know that I think is important too is that look at the teams that made the Frozen Four and and look at a team like Minnesota Duluth, which is a team that we've all been talking about the past few seasons. They are a team that a lot of times during the season they don't necessarily look spectacular, but they're the kind of team that they are they're they're adapt they're 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 a team that's able to kind of pivot on a dime. They're the type of team that they can play play you in a in a in a six to four kind of horse race game, but they're also the type of team that can grind it out, you know, for a one to nothing win. And as we saw in the the uh, their regional against North Dakota in the five OT game, they were the type of team that could just you know kind of keep going and going and going and going, uh, despite the fact that you know players apparently were you know on IVs to get fluids in the locker room between those OT periods and drinking Coca Cola. So that that's what they have to become. I think the I think it's the the one thing that I'll say about you know certain incarnations of the Mav teams under Mike Kemp and under Dean Blaze was the thing is, and obviously we had more of a sample size, but there were certain teams that really had success and they had a lot of swagger on the ice. They had this certain confidence. And that was the one thing that I I I, I didn't see in that Minnesota game. It felt like when we got on our heels, we just sort of unraveled a bit and fell apart. And so part of that's the evolutionary process. And part of it's the fact that you've got, uh, you know, you've got a lot of freshmen and sophomores Right uh, on the on the there was there right was now. quite a bit of that right. that stargazing at Minnesota. Yeah, I mean because you're looking at guys like you know Mason Nevers and Sampo Rantana that you know they're they're high end talent, right? They're the guys right. that everyone talks about, and it's like yep. it's almost like we're a tiny bit starstruck. And yeah, that swagger <laughs> we need to get back. So. Yeah, I would definitely. So do. should we, should we pick uh, players of the of the of the game? Yeah, let's let's pick, let's pick players of the game. This is a, it's a tough tough game, tough circumstances to do that with, but, but I think we should pick a player of the game, and I th- I think I there's. Mean, I, I think... will say that for consistency, back to your point about consistency right. and that stuff, our top line, those three guys consistent right conley consistent yep like from the first day of the season to now we got out of them what we expected right you know i think ward's issues you know because it wasn't i think people need to remember like it wasn't until what probably midway ish through the pod uh, that coach jumbled the lines and put ward and weiss uh together yep and that's what really with uh primo so that's really when the you know that kind of clicked and those guys have been you know a threesome since then and they've been productive and they were productive in this game um do you want the easy one because i think there's to me like i looked at it saying there's just two i mean it's yeah i i'm i'm gonna take the easy one 
just sorry, Jason, because you like to take the, the difficult one, but I'm taking Taylor Ward, who seemed during that entire game, and I don't know if, if you would agree with this, but I, I felt like he was a guy who was like trying to take the team on his back and sort of, you know, pull them back in the game. You know what I'm saying? And and uh, right. he was, I think, I, I felt like, you know, there was no question he was the, the best performer for UNO. Um, this last weekend, I, there were, there were a couple of other, other guys that I liked, liked on the game, but, uh, but he definitely was look, it's, it's, he's one of those guys where we felt like he had a a season that was a little bit more quiet, but he was just, again, a, a consistent performer, like you said, uh, this season and, and, uh, certainly been one of our most consistent players over the past three seasons. Yeah, I think that was certainly one that had to get mentioned. Um, I think Weiss is the other one. I, I mean, yep. it just he was on the puck. You know, he was controlling it, which is what you need from him. You need him to start the cycle to keep it going at times. You know, you don't look for him to kind of finish. You look for him to engage. And the unfortunate thing is, is that when you're down 6-1, he he got to the point uh, it was probably we were probably down four or five one at that point in time that he started to try to just do too much he's got this incredible skill um but he was trying to do it a little bit all of himself but he was one that i thought you know that's just a product of the game like at that point in time right you need a goal and if i've got to try something like i i who cares that i lose it um yeah, at that, at that point in the game, you know what? I don't have a problem with that at all. It's like try to make something happen, see if you can get a little spark, see if you can get a quick quick goal. Yeah. Um, I think the back end. I think our D. I really expected more out of them. I right. think Scanlon was the one that, if I was going to lift up one defenseman, it was probably him. Right. Um. And I don't know, the Seville, I just don't know, like, at first I was kind of like, well, it's not his fault, the D's just not really helping him out, kind of left him out to dry, and then some of those started to go in, and I'm like, oh man, that's not, that's not the D, that's just you not focused, and so, I don't know, that one was rough, because you really want him to perform better in a game like this, but I would say for my star, I would go with Weiss, just because yeah. him and Ward worked well together, and it seemed like every good opportunity we had, you know, those two were involved in it. Right. Yeah, and I, I those are the two that really stood out to me as well. And I think you know the the past the past few weekends, Tyler was one of the players who, in that Denver game and in that final game up at North Dakota on March fifth. Um, I felt like he was one of the standout players, both of those games as well. Like you said, sometimes he tries to do too much, but Hey, rather, rather do too much than too little. It's one of those things. And like, like we were talking about defense and, and, uh, the goals against situation, you know, three goals against average this season. That's obviously something that has to improve. You know, we talked about UNO on special teams this season. We talked about them on the penalty kill. And as, as you said, Jason, um, or I, I don't know if that, I don't even know why I threw that, as you said, Jason, in there. I don't know why I threw that phrase in there at all. Just as everybody's talked about, you know, we had a really, really solid looking penalty kill, um, throughout much of the season. And I think that that, that, you know, stronger, tougher defensive play is, is what needs to come back. Cause ultimately, 
you know, how the team plays in front of our netminders is really, uh, it really has a big impact on how they do in particular. Um, but you look at some of the, some of the great goaltenders that we saw in the NCAA tournament, some of these, um, you know, Richter finalists and whatnot. And obviously in our regional, we saw three great goaltenders, the Quinnipiac goaltender, uh, McKay, who was the uh, Minnesota State Mankato goaltender, and then LaFontaine, who was the Minnesota goaltender. Um, those were three fantastic goaltenders. And in particular, that Mankato-Quinnipiac game, you saw those goaltenders make, you know, great save after great save after great save uh, to keep those teams in the game. So that's, we kind of have to have one of those, you know, really solid kind of performance, especially when you get into the NCAA tournament. I remember Ryan Massa back in that 2015 regional and how he played and that that made a big difference for the team especially because there there are going to be points during these games where everything's on the line and this is this is the this is the big this is the big tournament the big deal everybody's trying to win everybody's given their best game you know everybody's got to be able to step up and get that done so so anyway it was just one of those things like i said they just kind of ran into a buzzsaw on saturday night it was late. It was in Colorado. We don't, we don't really do well in Col- in the northern part of the state. We do okay in the southern part, but but yeah, Denver North. It's just it's it's not our thing. I don't know if it's the thin air or whatnot. You actually, you I mean, you went to school in the the northern part of the state, so so you're very familiar with that area. Oh yeah, and I mean, we go to Eagles games all the time there. Yep. At the bud, so <laughs> I I'm would familiar I with would, the arena. I know that I very would, well. I would love to have gone that to that regional. The first one I met, it looked like I don't know if you if you I looked like the the Mankato friends and family that were uh, that were in the building were having a good time. So I am a little disappointed that fans couldn't be there because I think that would have been a great fun atmosphere if a, a bunch of UNO fans had gone out. I think it would have been a would be a great environment. Well, I will say my. Looking forward, my bracket is busted completely. <laughs> so is mine. Now I did um, pick UNO to win the national championship. That was a that was a bit of a pipe dream, but I I honestly I felt good about this regional going in. So I wouldn't have been surprised if they had uh, been able to get to the Frozen Four. But but ultimately yeah. that wasn't in the cards. But yeah, mine mine's totally blown up now. Bridget with her fun bracket. She got three of the four Frozen Four teams, like we were talking about last night. She had Wisconsin in there, which was wrong, but she had uh, Duluth, Mankato, and St. Cloud in the... And I think that's the thing that shocks me some is is not so much the results as it is the, you know, the way that we get there kind of things. Like yeah. Minnesota uh, or uh, um, Wisconsin surprised me because I didn't think they played well at all. No, I didn't either. And I didn't either. I like it was almost that that classic you know arrogance factor to me which yep. i just think is strange coming out of there but then you know minnesota beats us but then you know then you Isn't then you run crazy? into I know. minnesota state like we talked about this in the selection thing like they're oh and everything yeah oh where and, does minnesota state come oh from and you and, and i five. talked yeah. well in our group text, yeah we right? talked yeah like, we talked i'm like they got the monkey off their back off their back be yes. careful national title minnesota state i mean i would never pick it because i still right. can like i know getting burned by minnesota state but wow like they finally got through it and now they're in the frozen four it was amazing because watching the watching their first game in the in the west regional against quinnipiac you're kind of like 
I mean, you're just sitting there watching them in that Loveland regional and you're like, yeah, they played good. It was great to get that overtime victory, but you're kind of like, after what you, after, after what we saw Minnesota do to us and in, in our game against them, you're like, has Minnesota or is Minnesota state Mankato going to be able to stick with them? <laughs> and they shut them out. I mean, <laughs> they nah. beat them, they beat them four Oh. And I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. That was a really, really impressive game plan that they put together. And, you know, they talked a little bit about how Mike Hastings uh, on, on the uh, Saturday night game had, uh, you know, during the middle of the game had decided to switch up the lines uh, on the team. Cause he didn't like what he saw after the first period. And it's, it's, that's, what's crazy about this tournament. You know, you think, you think, you know, what's going to happen going in. And then you think, you know, what's going to happen after those first round games. And then it doesn't. And like you said, like we were talking about, cause I said to you, I'm like, so what do you think? I'm like, now that, now that Mankato has the monkey off their back and they're, they finally got that win because sometimes that can become one of those psychological hurdles. Is it going to open the floodgates? And sure enough, it did. And, and now I don't know. I don't know. It's i uh, I'm, Curious to see how they do now that they're in a frozen four. Um, yeah, well, and the they're going up against St. Cloud, you right? Know, home state rival type of situation, but St. Cloud's playing, you know, really good hockey. Yep. Uh, I thought their their win against Boston was very impressive. Yep. Um, I I think that it was it was interesting to see the um, Boston College game because. I still think I still think that Boston College is the better team. I think that they got hurt by not playing a for a game before St. Cloud because you've got a top end team in the top league coming in who's sharp and ready to go and I thought that Boston College made a lot of mistakes that they don't make most of the season. They weren't ready for St. Cloud and hand it to St. Cloud. They went in knowing that, you know, they had to play a game to beat, you know, a team that was odds on favorites from what I saw from most people to win the national championship. And man, St. Cloud put together a, a heck of a game. So Minnesota State's got to play that. And, and I don't know, that's going to be a, that's going to be a rough game. I, to be honest with you, I would probably pick St. Cloud getting out of there. I think they're the better team. Um, and I just have been burned by Minnesota State so many times. Like, it's just hard to pick them, I guess. It um, is. I Yeah. And, and the, yeah, the one thing that you looking at that that uh, BC St. Cloud game is that the one thing I'll say about St. Cloud is that obviously they faced a little bit of adversity when uh, Easton Brodzinski went out with the with the knee injury in that game. But the one thing I'd say, if you look at the team's that made it to the frozen four by and large, it was teams that, you know, had to play, you know, games where they had to be very, very resilient throughout that game, mentally resilient during the game. They had to play a perfect game. They had to, you know, go down and block shots. They had to do all of the little things, right. They had to play that full 60 minutes or in the, the case of uh, Minnesota Duluth, and North Dakota, they had to play what like six hundred six hundred minutes or whatever. It just, uh, yeah, exactly. They they just had to. It, it, how many overtimes was that? Five overtimes. It was in the fifth. Oh, it was a few <laughs> minutes into the fifth overtime. <laughs> so, so they played uh, basically two full games and and. Uh, 
gosh, yeah, they did. They played almost I, almost three crazy full games. Game. Yeah, you know that was that was going on at the same time that the the Omaha game was, and I I remember Jolene texting the group and saying like. <laughs> Which which one ends first? I'm like, there's no way that this goes into so many overtimes that Minis- that Omaha gets done before uh, the North Dakota Duluth game. But I'm like, well, I'm wrong. I'm gonna go watch the Duluth games. Well, <laughs> yeah, and, and I I was I was fine with that because that kept you know college hockey fandom focused on a game that was not ours. Cause it, <laughs> just 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 as soon just as soon you know that folks not have to witness let's just let's just forget let's just forget right. that that ever happened so yeah that just kept going which was kind of it was kind of a, a sort of a in, in a way sort of a poetic moment because uh Minnesota Duluth did not have to play a first round game because uh Michigan had to forfeit due to uh covid protocols so so I guess I guess I think to use... they benefited from they get to play their first game gets to be against a team that they're familiar with like they the... know very familiar with and North Dakota's they a team They fully that... well knew what they had to do. And they had that game. Like how North Dakota comes back in that game just blows my mind that they even get right? overtime. <laughs> well, you know, two goals and, in the last like minute and a half and yeah. And of all the regionals, that was the one that that had the most fans and I I do think that electric atmosphere certainly I think it helped North Dakota right there at the end of regulation, but but I think during those overtime periods, it's what kept both teams going was the fact you had fans standing on their feet. They had so many moments. I mean, man, they by the time that fifth overtime came out, they their legs were rubber. They looked completely gassed. But but yeah, I like like I would like I was saying, resiliency. I think if you look at all these teams that are in the frozen four this year, it is. So like you, I would go with St. Cloud making it to the championship game. I guess they're they're, you know, of the other NCHC teams that we watch, they're the one that I probably enjoy watching the most and and uh, have enjoyed following the players. We've we've been up there uh, three or four times now, I think three three trips up there. So it's it's a really fun trip. It's great to go watch watch hockey uh, at the Herb Brooks Center. And uh, so I would say that too. But man, I don't you know the way that Mankato played, the game plan that they put together for Minnesota. Who knows? Who knows? So I mean, we could we could very well it would be a shock, but we could very well see that team in the in the national championship game. So yeah, good for them. Good for the I, WCHA. Good for that yeah. program. Yeah. And then the other side of the bracket with as we just covered Duluth yep. with the five overtime victory over North Dakota, they get on um, UMass with yep. impressive games. I think the biggest thing for me is is like UMass didn't play a lot of games. And I don't know if if they're. It's hard to figure out if they're surprising teams because they just don't know what they're getting against them, or if they're just really sneaky good and they didn't have a chance to showcase it this year. Um, I think that it's a totally different style than what North Dakota plays, and the question for me between Duluth and Mass comes down to: We know Duluth can handle, you know, North Dakota NCHC teams. Can they handle what UMass puts out, you know, on the ice? Can they handle that flow game? Um, you know, luckily they get some time off, so they're not having to do it after playing a five-overtime game the night before. <laughs> but that'll be, I think that'll be another really good game to watch. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's basically a rematch of the, 2019 national championship uh game and uh i i don't know you know i 
I watched the last three UMass games. I watched the hockey's championship game against UMass Lowell. And, uh, and, you know, it is interesting that UMass, which for years was known as UMass Amherst, decided to rebrand like their Division One basketball team and just go by UMass. And I, I wonder how Lowell actually feels about the fact that they're, that they're not using the, uh, the specific name. But anyway, I, I digress. The fact of the matter is they had to go through two WCHA teams, which, again, I don't. After the Mankato thing, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. And they they pretty much they dispatched Lake Superior State and Bemidji State fairly easily. The UMass Lowell game was a really interesting game. That was a one to nothing game, and U, UMass Lowell couldn't get anything going against the Minutemen. So, again, I you know I don't follow the the Eastern teams as much, but this is a team that they would you know throughout this the season they were able to rattle off you know strings of like six wins at a time. So. Like you said, I think they kind of have sort of a, a deceptive game a little bit. And that's going to be a really interesting, it's going to be interesting to see Duluth go up against a Hockey East team. I think it's I think, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And again, I don't know which direction to go, but I will tell you the previous two seasons of this podcast, I picked Duluth to um, win the national championship. And the first year they did, last year uh, we didn't get to see teams play for a national championship. So I'm not going to go against them this time. So I, I guess I'm going to have the all WCHA national title game with uh, Minnesota Duluth and St. Cloud State, which which could be interesting or maybe it won't be interesting. But that's that's what I'm going to go with this time. Um, it's interesting, although it might be interesting to see like a UMass Lowell take on a, a St. Cloud and that it's it's interesting when you don't have a number one seed in there. You know, it just it makes it. You know, I think one of the storylines they talked about quite a bit after the game, uh, I, the interview on Sunday, was that Deleuze heads coach, his son plays for yep. Mankato. Yep, Ryan Sandler. So part of me is like, part of me wants to, I, I kind of want a Duluth-Mankato <laughs> final Ooh, just to be yeah. able to like, the storyline would be kind of funny about dad, you know, <laughs> trying to win a championship, over, that... win three straight over his son or his son trying to upset his dad's, you know, record three straight thing. Like that would, like, that would, abso- kind of that would absolutely line. be a great script. And I, you know, like I said, I, I would, uh, I would be fascinated to see Mankato in that championship game, just because they're a program that UNO has a lot of history with. They're the first road trip we took in February of 1998. We drove up, um, and watched UNO series at Mankato that year. And one of the best comebacks I've seen for a UNO team, UNO was down 4-1 to one going into the third, uh, the second night against Mankato, and they came back and they won 7-4. to four. And it was, a, it was a lot of fun going up there for that series. And they've got the, the spirit of the Maverick trophy that used to pass back and forth when the teams played on a, a, on a more, well, it still passes back and forth, but, you know, we just don't play them that much anymore. And I remember one year when Bridget was on the Blue Line Club Board of Directors, she got to be part of the handoff of the trophy to Mankato that year. So, yeah, I, I would that would be a great matchup. See, uh, see Scott Sandlin play yeah. his son Ryan Sandlin, and and Mike Hastings, a coach that people here in uh, Omaha are very familiar with, a longtime Lancer head coach and and an assistant for a short time under Dean Blaze. So, that would be great. I'm going with the all. NCHC final though, and but we'll uh, but I'm liking that I'm liking that script I'm liking the the Duluth uh, Mankato game <laughs> like, so I want to I kind of want to see that now. I don't think it's what's now. happened. 
I know. I don't, I don't think, think it's what happens, but I kind of <laughs> like. I kind of wouldn't be happy with seeing it. Yeah. Um, I actually, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go against you on this one. I think okay. UMass comes in, surprises Duluth a little bit. I think there's a little bit of letdown after such a hard game, plus that yep. injury. Um, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just Duluth is a really good team. This is. I expect a really good game. I'm just going to, I think I'm just going to take UMass because I got a feeling really that's all it comes down to. It's like a coin flip here. So, so you've got Duluth and St. Cloud in your championship. I've got yep. UMass and St. Cloud. Who's your national champion? Duluth. This is a tough one. Yeah. I, I've got, I've got to go with Duluth. Like I said, there, you know, when we talked about what UNO needs to do to kind of turn the corner now that UNO has made, they gotten the NCAA tournament, out of the way under with the Mike Gabinet regime. Now they can focus on doing what's next. And like I said, that the Duluth team always impresses me because they're not always the prettiest team during the season. In fact, this season they had a really an ugly loss to end their their home home season against Colorado College this year. But they're one of those teams that again they're resilient and they're the type of team that they're able to adapt and pivot during games. So I'm gonna go with Again, I, I should have picked them to win the national championship this year. My bracket was just a complete mess after this uh, weekend of games. And uh, so, yeah, I'll go with uh, I'll go with the uh, Minnesota Duluth to win the national championship, although it would be cool to see St. Cloud win it. Um, it was cool to see them win the game. So, yeah, but but uh, but yeah, so here you're going to. I don't know. I you know, I think I'm going to take UMass to win the whole thing. I think that. It's hard to to root against an NCHC team in a tournament, right. but if they can get if they can get past Duluth, you know if if my coin flip there is correct, I think that they have that bad taste in their mouth from losing to Duluth, you know, a few years back, and a lot of people doubting them, um, and I think they've got the talent to do it, so. I I just the team's built for it. I I just don't know if they can execute, and I'm just gonna go say that they can and and they'll win it. But they're not gonna have an easy road. Like Duluth's gonna be a tough sled, and I think that St. Cloud is gonna give them a run for the money. Um, even with Brodinski's injury and in their game, I got to assume that he's not coming back after that. That knee looked toast. So, um. Uh, I don't, I don't know. That's it's really hard, but I think I'm gonna lean UMass and see. I'll most likely be wrong. I was wrong on pretty much everything else in this bracket. So if you're looking to make money on this, do not pick St. Cloud or UMass. <laughs> yeah, that's Jason has a pension. He, you know, the first year of this podcast, he picked Boston College to win the national championship. The second year, he picked Wisconsin. To win right. the national championship this year they both went out kind of unceremoniously in the tournament but and it it could be the jason considered top end teams so yes I'm... It, it could be it could be the jason curse here so it, my, my apologies it. my apologies I mean, umass <laughs> this my... is why this is why i don't like put all my money on games is because if i'm gonna bet on something i'm gonna spread it out because odds are i 
Yeah, I'm not a. I'm, I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm not a. Be- I'm not a betting person at all. Uh, like you, part of it's just for fun. Part of it's taking a look at the teams on paper and saying, I think this could happen. But who knows? It could be a, a UMass. Minnesota State Mankato Championship game, and that could potentially be a really fantastic game to watch. But regardless, I, I having been to two Frozen Fours, it is a lot of fun, even when your team isn't there. I think I had more fun at the Frozen Four that UNO wasn't at because I didn't, you know, we didn't have a bunch of UNO fans there that we, you know, that kind of jumped on the bandwagon. The games, yeah. You could just go and enjoy the games, eat good food, do all that. It's it's going to be a, interesting for the people who go because of COVID protocols this year, but. Uh, but anyway, it should be a lot of fun, and uh, and obviously stay tuned because because we'll be talking about uh, talking about it on on Twitter and on Facebook and and everything else along the way. So, yeah. So we'll we'll see we'll see if this is the final episode of this season. If this is the final episode of the Mav Puttcast until fall, uh, I don't know if it will be. If there's some you know interesting player transaction or player departures here in the next uh, next few weeks. Uh, uh, we may have to come back and talk about it and talk about how it affects the team. It'll it'll just be interesting. Uh, interesting. No, we've to always see done. For sure. We always do a summer special. NHL yeah. Draft, so. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We always uh, we always like to do a summer special to talk about the team, and I'm sure we will do that this year. But uh, but yeah, it'll be Stick interesting with to us, see. Enjoy the Frozen Four, and if nothing else, we'll catch you next season. Right. We will catch you next season, and until next time, go Mavs. Go Mavs!